0: New York Giants fans rise up for the first time in 12 long years the New York Giants have a playoff win and it is so so exciting I'm recording this on a victory Monday it always comes out on a Tuesday but man it doesn't it good doesn't it feel good to have that feeling of a fucking playoff victory again the offense man We'll get into it. The defense, there's some shaky stuff, but we'll talk about it. But I can't believe that I'm saying we're going to the next round to face Philadelphia for a third time. And we just knocked off the third seed, Minnesota Vikings. And it was a tough game. It was a tough game. A lot of Giant fans, including myself, down to the final minutes uh, of the game and even before the game, we're like, oh my God, we're not ready for this. But you know what? The New York Giants held on and they won the game. And we have a lot to go through. A lot on offense. A lot to do with the coaches. Some returning players. It's going to be fun to go through. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or your drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Appreciate all the new subs coming in from the YouTube short as well as the hype video which i did work hard on and i enjoyed working on it because hey listen you know we uh we won a game and this is a team i love and they're the team right now that's making me the most happiest uh that i root for so how we do this is first thoughts stats i already went through first thoughts so we'll go right into the stats and break down each individual section uh offense defense stock up stock down snap count maybe some final thoughts at the end so let's go through the stats daniel jones 24 35 301 yards 8.6 yards per throw two touchdowns three sacks taken 81.2 qbr and a passer rating 114.1 kirk cousins 31 of 39 273 yards seven yards per throw two touchdowns 85.2 qbr and a passer rating of 102.9 the giants rushing game daniel jones was the lead ball carrier 17 carries 78 yards 4.6 yards per carry saquon barkley two touchdowns 5.9 yards per carry saquon barkley also had nine rushes for 53 53 yards matt breed had three carries for eight yards darius slayton had a carry for three yards on a double reverse minnesota dalvin cook four yards per carry uh had an 11 yard rush so we contained him pretty well in my opinion uh 15 carries 60 yards and kirk cousins had a rush from one yard For the New York football Giants in the receiving game, bruised, sore foot, Isaiah Hodgins. Eight receptions, 105 yards. We got to talk about him when we get to the offense, man. That's probably going to be the biggest discussion of the offense we've had all season. One touchdown. Darius Slayton, four receptions, 88 yards. Saquon Barkley, five receptions, 56 yards. Rich James, four receptions, 31 yards. Bellinger had two catches, 17 yards for a touchdown as well for the minnesota receiving game though we did lock up justin jefferson to only seven receptions 47 yards dj Hawkinson did get a lot of receiving yards got a lot of the attention no touchdown surprisingly but he had 10 receptions 429 yards um kj osborne two receptions 20 yards a touchdown and irv smith caught a touchdown for three yards when the giants were a little confused on defense gary brightwell had a fumble but it was out of bounds on a kickoff and jalen rager uh, had a fumble, it was forced by Nick McLeod, it was recovered by Chris Boyd. It was after, I think, the Slayton drop? No, I think it may have been actually, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure we punted on some scenario, and that's when uh, McLeod had that big-ass fucking hit on uh, hit on um, Jalen Regor and uh, Chris Boyd recovered it. shout to Jason Pinnock, though, hopefully he's doing well. Uh, he obviously was carted off the field um in that whole sequence of events so for the Giants on defense let's go through that uh, the lead tackler was Xavier McKinney which his presence was absolutely felt um, Giants had no sacks terms of tackles for loss they had five Dexter Lawrence with one Donnie Holmes with two Jalen Smith with one and Aziz booth with one uh three pass deflections one by Cordell Flott one by McKinney and one by Leonard Williams and then 11 quarterback hits uh obviously we didn't sack the quarterback but the pressure was being felt at different points in the game uh four quarterback hits for Dexter Lawrence I mean he was he was just all over the field in the backfield really uh just taking on dudes Garrett Bradbury Ezra Cleveland so he had a really good game. Uh, Tony Jefferson had a quarterback hit. Leonard Williams, uh, he also had a really good game. We'll talk about it in the defensive side. Two quarterback hits. Kayvon Thibodeau had a quarterback hit. Gerard Davis had a quarterback hit. Jad Ward had a quarterback hit. Aziz O'Jolari had a quarterback hit. So 11 QB hits. You compare that to the Minnesota Vikings. Now they had more sacks than us. They also had few, few, fewer quarterback hits. And I thought the offensive line actually played pretty well throughout the game. Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, and Jonathan Bullard had sacks one of them I think the Kendricks one was uh, when Daniel Jones t- just took that knee to try to cons- you know let that clock run out uh, in terms of tackles for loss Kendricks had one Daniel Hunter had one Dalvin Tomlinson had one uh, Zadarius Smith had one Jonathan Bullard had one in terms of past deflections Harrison Phillips had one Chandon Sullivan had one Duke Shelley had one Eric Kendricks had one and then finally, for quarterback hits, Kendricks with one, Daniil Hunter with two, and Jonathan Bullard with one as well. So let's go into the team stats. The Giants had 28 first downs, and the Vikings had 21. Passing first downs, the Giants had 15, 16 for the Vikes. Giants had 11 rushing first downs, which says not a lot about, well, it does say about the frequency if you look deeper into it than most people will. Um, because that just tells you they ran on short yardage situations and Daniel Jones also picked up, you know, how many first downs with his legs. Um, they had three rushing first downs, first downs for penalties, uh, two, two for each team, third down efficiency, Giants were seven for 13. They were pretty good to start the game, but eased off, uh, cooled down a little bit towards the end of the game because they started like seven for eight and then they finished, um, over five, which isn't great, but hey, listen, you know it's not bad for you know the third down efficiency, I guess, uh, comparing to what we've had all season. 4-10, the Vikings were on third fourth down efficiency. The Giants were two for two, and the Vikes were one for two. Total plays sixty eight for the New York Giants, fifty six for the Vikings. Giants had four hundred thirty one total yards, three hundred thirty two for the Vikings. Total drives nine for Big Blue. Vikings had 8 yards per play. Giants had 6.3, 5.9 for the Vikes. Uh, we already went we'll over the passing and the rushing. Red zone attempts, both teams were 3 for 4, so only one field goal for each. You take three off of each. Uh, it's 28-21, so it's still a difference of seven points, st- still of a still difference of a touchdown. Um, there were no turnovers in the game, so actually it was a pretty clean, awesome playoff game. Uh, I would guess that a lot of people would say the same, too, because... I said this on Entertainer's stream. He had a call-in show on Saturday. And I also said this on Cop Pizzle's stream. Even though the you know, Jaguars came back, I said, look, obviously this game being the Jaguars game, it just looks terrible to start. And we'll see if you know, the Jaguars come back, which they did. But there's going to be a lot of outside pressure on the fan base and on the team. But the team won't take it. The team will be fine. Because you look at the first game was played, right? The first game... Was I'm trying to think right now. It was NFC flavored. It was a 49er game. That game was a complete blowout in the second half. The Jaguar game was a complete blowout in the first half. And then obviously the Jags climbed back. Uh, That Dolphins game was surprisingly close. But there was still some bad quarterback play. And then you look at the Ravens game against the Bengals. It was close for some reason. But at the end of the day. In my personal opinion. You could say i have bias i don't give a shit this was the best game in terms of nfl product that has been out through the playoffs all weekend now obviously we'll see what happens with dallas and tampa bay um we're gonna be doing boys well we already did boys and big apple you guys are watching this on tuesday listening this is on tuesday so uh, i don't really want to speak too much in the past tense even though it's not the past tense yet but uh this was a very good product for the nfl in terms of watching and listen the nfl is just better when the Giants are a good football team but back to uh the team stats penalties Giants had five for 45 yards and three for 12 uh the Vikings had and time possession 33 36 to 26 24 sorry I was drinking out of my winning glass my winning cup I should say but uh let's talk about this offense man let's talk about this offense Awesome game plan from Mike Kafka. I'm going to start with that, and then I'm going to move to the more obvious points that I've been harping on. A lot of people, including myself, are very hard on Mike Kafka to start the year. Because of the run tendencies on first down, and just like, why are you not putting it in fucking Daniel Jones' hands? That's what I was pissed about. You know, The Lions game, a little bit of the Cowboys game. The Texans game, I'm like, why didn't you just put it in Daniel Jones's hands? We could be a solid offense. And then they started doing that. The Commanders game the second time, that's when they started doing it. Obviously, there wasn't too much production offensively from Daniel Jones. I think he had like 160 yards. Um, the Vikings game, obviously, we scored a ton of points. Not as much as we should have. 24 points for an offense that was fucking terrible most of the season. So there's that awesome game plan from Kafka that game they have the Colts game another really well called game from Kafka and executed well by the offense and Daniel Jones Eagles thing Eagles game with that I mean you know Davis is your quarterback you're playing the backups it is what it is but this game and this is kind of where I bridge into Daniel Jones a little bit Awesome game plan by Mike Kafka. And if you ask a lot of Giant fans, once again, bridging into Daniel Jones, if you ask a lot of Giant fans, including myself, I literally made predictions in the chat on the Nerding Out Sports preview stream. I said Daniel Jones would throw for 243 yards, have like 40 rushing yards, right? If you ask Giant fans, would Daniel Jones have a repeat performance against the Vikings like he did the first time in the playoffs under more pressure this time? But 95 to 97% would say, he ain't going to have a repeat performance. The offense will be solid, but he's not going to have a repeat performance. Well, guess what? He had a repeat performance. He had a repeat performance. No fucking turnovers. This is a game where you could say, if you want Daniel Jones back, or if the Giants want Daniel Jones back, or whoever, if you want to change your opinion on Daniel Jones, this is something to hang your hat on. I am ready to call Daniel Jones my franchise quarterback for right now. Now, I've done this in the past... After the Saints game, I said Daniel Jones my franchise QB. Then he just descended. He wasn't very good after that. Uh, a lot of coaching and a lot of mistakes happened after that. Obviously, we're going to be playing a tougher defense in the coming week against Philly, no matter how you shape it. But to ask Daniel Jones in his first playoff game to come out balling, I don't care what type of defense he went up against, even though it does matter. The Vikings, they're not very good. There was a lot of wide-open receivers. For him to sit here, be a quiet leader, to be mentally tough on the field and take a lot of these hits, even though we really don't want him to, and just to carry this team, and not fully carry because Saquon Barkley had a part, the defense had a part, and so did Isaiah Hodgins. But a lot of people are turning their heads and recognizing Daniel Jones is a completely different quarterback than he was the last two years. And I don't know where people are on him. In terms of, you know, he's the franchise guy or bring him back for one year. But he deserves to be back next year. And in my personal opinion, this changes an outlook for a lot of different people and even the Giants. Because there was, you know, a lot of talk about Joe Shane not really liking Daniel Jones. Brian Dable liking Daniel Jones. And I brought up earlier in the year, I said, look, I think Brian Dable loves Daniel Jones. I don't think Joe Shane does. So they're going to have to figure that out. But I think Joe Shane now loves Daniel Jones. Because this team is winning with him. This team is winning with Saquon Barkley. So those two you absolutely have to bring back in some capacity. And, you know, I know a lot of people were looking at the quarterback market, these different things, right? You don't have to get a quarterback now. You really don't. That's one less need for the Giants. You could attack linebacker. You could attack corner if you want. You could attack interior offensive line. You could attack wide receiver. You could attack another position of need punter if you want right even though Jamie Gillen's punt was decent I think he only punted once or twice which is like something we haven't said in a while but um man oh man oh man Daniel Jones put on an absolute show my hat tips to Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley I like the Saquon Barkley we're seeing And this goes, once again, with the Daniel Jones, the Mike Kafka thing. I think it's a a trifecta of things. We have Kafka, he's a smarter play caller. You have Daniel Jones, who is a smarter quarterback, and he's executing when he's getting more into his hands. Not too much into his hands, because it was like, you know, obviously in the last few years where he's trying to put the team on his back, he makes stupid decisions. But Saquon Barkley isn't getting 35 carries a game. He's not getting 25 carries a game. He's barely getting 20. But the NFL, the future of the NFL, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, and if you disagree with me, please explain. The future of the NFL is in the passing game. This is a passing league. This ain't a running league anymore. Because of the analytics, because of the game plans, because of players' health. And Saquon Barkley, obviously, was the Giants offense for a lot of his career, right? Uh, You take a look at 2018, he was the Giants offense outside of Odell Beckham Jr. Look at first part of 2022... He was the Giants' offense. Now, he's kind of sharing that with Daniel Jones, where he is a factor in the receiving game. And shout out to Mike Kafka. I'm just going to put one thing in. You guys saw that one check-down that Daniel Jones had to Saquon Barkley, and Eric Hendricks just batted it away. It was just a straight check-down, you know, a sit route right there. And I said to my brother, one thing I'd like the Giants to adjust with this is something, and that's something being – Next time, have Saquon in a moving check down. That way, it's not stationary. He can have a safe route if his progressions downfield are not working. And guess what? Saquon's biggest reception of the day, pulling up the stats right now, Saquon's biggest reception of the day was a 24 yarder. It was, I don't know the type of route, but it was up and to the left against Eric Hendricks. And guess what? He had a 24 yard gain off of it. So. That just shows how this coaching staff makes adjustments at certain points. But back to Saquon. Saquon has fresher legs. He is a different Saquon. Obviously, he's working off of two weeks rest, a week and a half, whatever you want to call it, and he's more efficient. Efficient in terms of working out for this offense and not wearing down his legs. That's why I didn't like the Texans game. Listen, we won that game. But Saquon had 35 carries, and then, boom, he, he was just going down. He was descending, right? He, he, was, he wasn't looking the same. But they're using him more efficiently and when needed, not forcing him the ball. That's why I love Saquon, what he's doing, Daniel Jones taking more of the responsibilities, and Mike Kafka. And we have to talk about Isaiah Hodgins. We really do. Dude is a warrior. We all know, for the most part, there was a blank injury report on Friday. Saturday, they say Isaiah Hodgins is on the injury report. you are expected to play with an ankle injury. Most of you guys haven't seen, if you haven't already, maybe look on Twitter or something. You know, find it somewhere, I guess. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins' ankle, the bottom of the foot, was completely purple. And then he puts on his story, I'm sorry if I didn't run fast enough. Dude, what are you worrying about? you got over 100 receiving yards and a touchdown in a playoff game in your first playoff game so there is no worry there really isn't I've been saying this for a while and obviously we'll talk about Darius Lane, and some of the other offensive weapons but Isaiah Hodgins is a keeper man number two number three number four wide receiver whatever you want to do there obviously you got Wando coming back he's coming off an ACL next year but we're not talking about next year yet But Isaiah Hodgins needs to be a giant for the next few years if he continues this. Because Daniel Jones is uplifting him. Isaiah Hodgins is rising in the moment. And this is just unbelievable progress we've seen from the offense. Now, Darius Slayton, I know we do the stock up, stock down at the end. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away. I happen to do that sometimes. But Slayton did have a big drop. But he also had a couple of nice receptions. So that's why I'm not going to totally fault him. And it was kind of good that... Uh, Brian Dable didn't completely scream at him he consoled him he said hey listen you know uh, calm down you'll be fine we're gonna win this game and you just move on because you need a coach that does it he screamed at him Colts game when he fumbled he obviously dropped one big in this game but obviously cooler heads prevailed and he calmed down and the Giants are now heading to Philadelphia next week And also, Richie James was a key contributor as well. He was fresher, and he was better than the first time he was a Vikings, though he did put up more yards. He didn't drop any passes that were like, oh my god, why the fuck did you drop that? And shout-outs to Daniel Bellinger as well. He caught his first touchdown since the Ravens game. And then that game after that, against Jaguars, he had that eye injury, um, where someone literally poked his eye socket out, but... uh. Shots to Belly, man. I mean, he's been a great blocker. Love him in motion. Uh, obviously, there was that one false start illegal shift penalty I really didn't like on his behalf. But obviously, we put it in the end zone with him. And I, I just love to see Daniel Bellinger. I mean, you know, he's he's been a godsend. And ask me how many tight ends the Giants have had as reliable as he is in their first year in the last few years, especially a mid-round pick like he was. Just going to say that. O-line played well for the most part, Neal struggled towards the end, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, Um, I don't want to get too into the negative, but I thought the first four O-linemen, really five, because you do have the rotational left guard, I thought they played well, Um, obviously the film will tell us a couple of different things, but I thought the O-line played pretty well, in terms of Evan Neal, He's still not taking that third step. There were times he was just lunging, like he would be in his stance, and then he like go to this side without taking too many steps. And then you know there was a play where Daniel Jones, I think it was the wide open Darius Slayton play, where Daniel Hunter literally fell. A lot of people mistook it for a holding penalty. Obviously, it wasn't. But that was just Evan Neal getting beaten. If Daniel Hunter doesn't fall, guess what? He gets a Daniel Jones strip sack. So Neal needs to get better. It's not gonna get any easier. Uh, I don't know what the coaches doing are doing in this you know, whole situation to try to resolve that. But um, you know, with that being said, it's not gonna get any easier. Hassan Reddick. I don't know if Josh Sweat's gonna play this week, but listen, we'll see. So I'm gonna take a quick sip. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about him right now. So a lot of people, including myself, have kind of got on Wink Martindale about the soft zone game plan, and to be completely fair, yeah, I do, I do kind of think this was not a great wink game, even though the defense held up for the most part, you know, 24 points against a power offense with guys like Hawkinson, guys like Justin Jefferson, right, you can't complain too much, but this, I feel like, could have been just a little bit less close if the defense did their part in some areas which included play calling um obviously i wasn't worried too much about blitzing we got there the giants really didn't send too many blitzes i think they had the lowest percentage of the season in their own category with like 20 something percent which they usually blitz like 44 percent, but it's down to like 20 some odd percent for this game and listen that was obviously a part of okay um you know let the front four get there in which they got there, but they didn't get there officially with the sacks. Um, I guess that Wink Martindale was trying to take the Patrick Graham approach and do the soft zone with the covering up top and say, listen, if you want to beat us, just beat us intermediately and not over the top because we'll have that covered. Uh, I almost predicted an Xavier McKinney interception, by the way, once again, his presence was felt. But I feel like they could have attacked a little bit more. If you know, I know obviously it's easier said than done. They know more than we do. But Adoree Jackson, I feel like Justin Jefferson makes less impactful plays if he is man-man and you have somebody bracketed over the top. Maybe if you put Xavier McKinney or Julian Love on Hawkinson or maybe even a guy like Nick McLeod even though he's kind of struggled against tight ends at different points in the season. Maybe, you know, you get a different result there. Uh, Leave Fabian Moreau on Adam Thielen or McLeod on Adam Thielen because, you know, last time uh, Nick McLeod did a really good job of covering Adam Thielen. And he's played well over the last few weeks. He really has, you know, obviously got that... Uh, big game against the Eagles. We've seen some increase in snaps, obviously, with Darnay Holmes. And, you know, I don't like Darnay Holmes, but I thought he had a decent game, made a couple of tackles for a loss. So he can tackle better than Cordell Flott, but I think Flott's better in coverage. We're going to get to the secondary, though, for its own separate entity. But one thing I'll compliment Wink Martindale is he adjusted late. I think uh, Justin Jefferson was double-covered on one of the last plays uh, of the game. You know, on that final drive with the Vikings, I want to say he was double covered and Adoree Jackson had him in absolute lockdown. I think the total stats for uh, Justin Jefferson against Adoree Jackson were like 37 yards, five receptions, or something like that. So you can't complain about that. You really can't. A guy who's coming back from an MCL injury hasn't played in a month and a half, and then he kind of locks up one of the best receivers in the league. Can't complain about that. But uh, the Giants did get destroyed by him. TJ Hawkinson no touchdowns for him but uh was destroying the Giants TJ Hawkinson was it just happens to be a thing with tight ends Mark Andrews did it against the Ravens and shout out to Rob from running Out Sports he actually kind of made a comparison uh to where the Giants played bad defensively for the first three quarters of this game in the Ravens game and also not to mention they were torn up by their top tight end D.J. Hawkinson in this game, Mark Andrews in the last game, but adjustments were made at the end, and the Giants came out on fucking top, so there's that, Giants got zero sacks, 11 quarterback hits, I thought the defensive line did their job, Leonard Williams, the first drive really wasn't that good, um, not in a sense of, okay, he's not getting there, but he's getting there and he's missing tackles, Like Dalvin Cook had a couple of different lanes to go through, um, and... Later in the game, Leonard Williams was just a couple inches away from hitting the quarterback. Uh, Leonard Williams fell on a rep. He was going up against Ed Ingram, who probably didn't have a good day because, I mean, he had one side, it was Dexter Lawrence, the other side, Leonard Williams, he got two quarterback hits, probably a couple more pressures as well. But, um, you know, Leonard Williams was just a couple inches away from the quarterback multiple times. So, shout out to Leonard Williams. He showed up. He's obviously not going to be the guy that's heavy in the stat line. And maybe he isn't worth his money, but you know what? He showed up. He showed up the way he shows up. He makes plays so his teammates can make the bigger plays. And uh, Dexter Lawrence, man, we got to pay this man. We got to keep this man. This guy absolutely shows up every single game. Um, you know, obviously, he had that bullshit rough in the passer penalty, which everybody in their fifth cousin unless you're a vikings fan maybe if you're a vikings fan and you're an unbiased vikings fan you'll admit that that wasn't rough roughing the passer and the refs i will admit vikings fans if you are watching this uh, or listening to this the the refs were shitty on both sides i, I mean it, it was bad the illegal contact penalty uh, against the defense the one time when i think they were covering darius slayton that wasn't really a penalty uh the false start in andrew thomas uh, that wasn't called that was a penalty so I will sympathize with viking fans over that but back to dexter lawrence showed up in a big way once again yes he didn't sack the quarterback but he was obviously one of the best defensive players on the field and really with this defense outside of the play calling you just look at it if you have better linebackers you could see like the cornerstone pieces that are there Adoree jackson xavier mckinney julian love dexter lawrence leo williams Kayvon Thibodeau, those guys showed up on Sunday but to finish the whole thing on Dexter Lawrence before we get to the secondary um, he showed up in a big way bullshit roughing the passer got to the quarterback multiple times he was just laying in on Kirk Cousins like he he was like a little kid jumps on his bed or, or something or like most people cannonball in the pool or they jump into the pool Dexter Lawrence was doing that on Kirk Cousins so Dexter Lawrence man shout outs to you Uh, Let's talk about the secondary a little bit. I'm just going to take a quick sip to uh, refresh my voice. Besides Winks, soft zone, Adoree Jackson's presence was felt. Talked about it. I think he had five or six receptions, meaning Justin Jefferson, for a total of 37 yards. There was a 10-yard reception that really wasn't in his coverage area. And I think he was the one that laid the big hit on Justin Jefferson, and that popped up into the air and was nearly intercepted by Julian Love. I waited on it because I'm like, I don't know that that was a catch. And, yeah, that's, yeah, it wasn't a catch. Um, but uh, with that being said, Adoree Jackson's presence was, presence was felt. I mean, it's not an easy task in zone coverage or man coverage to lock up Justin Jefferson coming off an MCL injury. Adoree Jackson, shots to you, man. I hope the Giants keep you for... A while. I just want to make sure on the pass deflection chart. It actually may have been McKinney who hit. Uh what was I gonna say Justin Jefferson on that play, but either way, McKinney's presence was felt as well. I mean, there were times where he was covering Hawkinson and Hawkinson wasn't really getting much. Um McKinney obviously almost had the interception downfield, which I would fucking argue that was OPI. Because, you know, there was hand fighting, but it was mostly on Jefferson. Like, I thought he interfered. Now, obviously, McKinney should have tracked the ball a little bit better, went back deep in his range, and picked that off. But Justin Jefferson was, in my opinion, interfering with the possibility of McKinney getting the interception. And then, obviously, that big play on fourth down. Now, personally, uh, Vikings fans, I don't know if I should sympathize you with it for this, but uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm going to be honest, i'm gonna be completely honest when he threw that check down i was laughing i'm like why would you take the check down on fourth and eight when you need eight yards not three and it was weird maybe it was a a route that had hawkinson and then he moves uh up i don't know what design was there i don't know why kirk cousins was throwing it but mckinney just made a game-saving tackle his presence was felt uh darnay holmes as i said had a solid game can't argue about that even though he was beat at times, uh, Jalen Smith was okay. Gerard Davis, a couple of mismatches in zone, especially along the sideline against, um, what was it, Adam Thielen. that one play. There was one play where McKinney did fuck up majorly, though. It was Hawkinson down the sideline, and uh, McKinney thought he was going to get a pick, but uh, Kirk Cousins actually baited him, pump fo- pump faked, and then uh, over the top with uh, Hawkinson, Julian Love absolutely obliterated him out of bounds. But uh, Cordell Flop continues to be key in the little snaps he gets. I like this DB core. Now, obviously, the Giants may need to get another DB in the room, draft, free agency, whatever. But I like this DB core they're trying to build here. Uh, Jerome Henderson is a big part of it. Uh, He, honestly, not that I want him to, but he should get a look somewhere else as defensive coordinator. Just saying, not for our sake, because we don't want him to leave, but... If we're talking outside of Giant land and inside of Jerome Henderson land, he should get a look for defensive coordinator because he knows how to uplift these dudes. And Cordell Flott was not so good in the first half of the season. He wasn't. But that key play against K.J. Osborne was a pretty solid play. Nick McLeod, he's been better over the last few weeks. Dory Jackson, I mean Dory Jackson is Dory Jackson. Uh, Let's see, I I feel like I'm missing somebody. Darnay Holmes, even though Darnay Holmes has his issues in man coverage, I mean, he made some solid plays attacking the screen game and the short passing game. So, shout-outs to him. But uh, defense, even though I wasn't thrilled with the first three quarters, they came out when they needed to in the first, and in, in excuse me, not in the first quarter, in the fourth quarter, when it mattered. So, first three quarters weren't there. Fourth, fourth quarter, they were there when we needed them. And that's one of the most important. Stock up, stock down. O line: Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I'm not gonna rag too much on Slayton. I'll actually give him a stock up. Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger, Rich James, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Cordell Flott, uh, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney. I'll give Darnay Holmes one as well. Um, you know why not? Because uh, I rag a lot on Darnay Holmes, but he made some solid plays in the screen game. And the Giants were burnt by screens last time. I think they were burnt by one or two this game. But um, Donnie Holmes made some plays. He, he read the defense well. It stocked down. Evan Neal, Gerard Davis, and Jalen Smith. Let's go into them snap counts real quick. Offensively, Andrew Thomas, Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal, and Daniel Jones played 100%. 92% for the injured Isaiah Hodgins. That is very very good and that's an understatement too Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley 90%, Daniel Bellinger 82%, Ben Bredesen 69%, Richie James 60%, Lawrence Cager 33%, Nick Gates 31%, Matt Breida 29%, Nick Vanett, 11%, Marcus Johnson 7%, Kenny Galladay 6% then uh, you go to the defense Xavier McKinney and Julian Love both safeties played 100% of the snaps not really much for Pinnock Um, obviously that would be used in three safety sets or when they need a guy um, to cover whenever that situation is. Dwayne Jackson, 96%. Tibbs, 93%. Leonard Williams, 91%. Dexter Lawrence, 89%. 88% for Fabian Moreau, 61%. For Jalen Smith, 58% for... Darnay Holmes, 56% for Gerard Davis. Jihad Ward, 54%. 39% for Tony Jefferson. 32% for O'Shane Zeminis. 28% for Nick McLeod. 26% for Ryder Anderson. 19% for Landon Collins. 18% for Dane Belton, who also needs to play as well. He had a coverage rep on, um, what do you call it, on TJ Hawkins, and he played really well uh, in the limited reps he got. So Dane Belton could also factor in, especially with this Pinnock injury. We'll see what uh, happens with that. Aziz Ojolari, 14%. I'm a little worried about Aziz. I mean, he was walking back to the locker room fine, but they diagnosed it as a quad injury. Getting a little worried about him, I must say. Um, Jason Pinnick 12%. 12% also as well for Justin Ellis, 7% for Taman Fox, and Cueto Flot 5%. Like, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops. So you drops. Appreciate y'all coming back, appreciate all the new subscribers in the building. Give us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcast for Big Blue in the Bronx. We're trying to grow it a little bit more on the Apple Podcast platform, so feel free to share out to all the good stuff. And uh, we will see you next time. We'll see you on Saturday for the Eagles preview. I'm probably not going to have an interview because we saw the Eagles, you know, 2 weeks ago. Is it really worth interviewing another guy just to talk about the same stuff? We'll see when we get there, but uh, peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool.